0: the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord Jesus says that John the Baptist is the greatest among those born of women. In what is this the case? In what sense is this true? For John did not live in luxury or in a king's palace. He did not wear fine clothing. But instead, he wandered the desert and wore rough-hewn clothes of camel's hair. He ate nothing but wild honey, which I think would be fine, and locusts, which I would prefer not to eat. Although I have heard that a plump locust tastes much like shrimp. And I guess they do look similar as well. He did not command armies and conquer the known world like Alexander. He did not command anything but his own voice. He had no storehouse of riches like Crassus, nor the controlling interest of a Fortune 500 company. He lived on the edge of society without a penny to his name. In the world's accounting, John was a man of no account so how is it that we should regard john the baptist as the greatest and most blessed of all men now man in paradise before the fall into sin had blissful communion with god we hear in the first chapters of genesis how god created a man and woman in his image in the image of god he created them and how he would walk with them in the garden how our first parents and their primordial innocence and righteousness, blissfully received the good gifts of God until that fateful day of sin and rebellion, that day when their affections and passions, no longer trusting in God, disordered by the lies of the serpent, reached out and grabbed that which had not been given. They seized upon that forbidden fruit which looked good to their eyes and seemed good to eat, seemed to be desirous to make one wise. And in their transgression, a rift, a divide, created by the newly wicked heart of man, opened up between our race and our creator. But in the fall, God, who would not see the crown of his creation destroyed, gave a promise, spoken, As a curse to the ancient foe, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That is to say that the virgin shall conceive a son, and her son would be wounded, but he would crush the head of the serpent. The promise of the restoration through that seed of the woman was renewed and given also to Abraham and to all the patriarchs. In hope of the fulfillment of that promise, the venerable fathers of the Old Testament dwelled as sojourners in a foreign land. Through Moses on Sinai's height, the promise was given again, and it carried the people of Israel through the wilderness and into the Holy Land where they dwelled in the hope of its fulfillment. It was the promise that the prophets prophesied about, and as we heard just weeks ago, how desperately and deeply Isaiah and the other prophets longed to see that day. The hope of man from the fall, the longing of the patriarchs, the desire of the prophets, that which they could only see by faith and hope, to this, John had been called to testify. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. John was the greatest among those born of women, not because of his wealth, not because of his strength or its power of arms, but because he was the first to be given and to see and to recognize the salvation of God in Christ Jesus, the fulfillment of all that God's people had hoped for, longed for since time immemorial. I am not the Christ, he says, but I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John is blessed because he knows who he is. And he knows whose business he is about. And most of all, he is blessed because he knows to whom he points. I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. The light is coming into the world, and he has come already. He stands in your midst. His advent has arrived, his power omnipotent, his wisdom omniscient, his righteousness perfect. I am not worthy even to touch his feet, to serve him as the most servile of slaves. And yet he has come and he stands among us even now as a brother to lift us up. The king who brings the kingdom of God has crossed that uncrossable chasm between God and man. And in his advent, he comes to conquer. That foot, that blessed and holy heel that will be bruised by the serpent, that which I am not worthy to touch, treads closer to the serpent's head. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is John's message. All of you who are oppressed and heavy laden, all who feel the venom of the serpent, rejoice at his advent. The spirit of the Lord is upon him because the Lord has anointed him. Before the very foundation of the world, the Father has called him to this task, and he gladly does it. The serpent's bite he gladly takes. This Jesus who comes, he comes to bring good news to the poor. For a treasure has been set aside for them in heaven to bind up the brokenhearted because death will be no more. This Jesus comes to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound because he brings an end to the slavery of sin and bursts open the gates of hell harrowing Sheol. He comes to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God because the serpent is judged already and the grace is given to all who believe in his name, the only name under heaven given among men that men might be saved. Those who receive him will be clothed in ash and of the the ash of sin no longer. He will baptize them, anointing them with the Holy Spirit and cover them with his blood. And he gives them a crown, a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Those who in themselves were dying in their iniquities, perishing like the grass, withering like the flower, will be engrafted and planted into him. And rooted in him who is the vine of life, so that they might be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that God may be glorified in them. Indeed, they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastation. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Yes, the city of God, which has been ruined by the sins of many generations, will be restored and built up again, made up of the stones of a holy people, made holy by his shed blood, with him as their cornerstone. He brings the final and perfect, everlasting covenant between God and man. For this, John because he is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, is called the greatest of all men born of women. But Jesus also says, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. How can this be? John saw the coming of Christ, which all the patriarchs and all the prophets had hoped for, but he only saw that final Victory of Christ over the serpent by faith in the promise beheaded by Harold John did not live to see the cross nor the resurrection and while he certainly participates fully in Christ's victory by his faith in that promise you are blessed in a way that John could only long for John knew that Christ would baptize by the Holy Spirit but you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and you have seen the cross resurrection and ascension of the Lord you enjoy a mystical and sweet communion with God which John could wish for and that he longed for all his life and surpasses that communion that even Adam and Eve had in the garden For you have become a temple of the living God in whom God dwells graciously. You too have been born of woman, but you have also been born again, begotten from above, so that you are a child of the heavenly Father. For you, Isaiah's prophecy has been fulfilled when he says, they will be an offspring the Lord has blessed. All that Christ has come to do, he has done for you, and he does for you this day today is the day of the lord's salvation and it is your salvation and so this third sunday of advent let us sing in rejoicing with the prophecy of isaiah i will greatly rejoice in the lord my soul shall exalt in my god for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness and let us hear the admonition of paul and also his blessing Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen. The ushers may receive the offering.